Welcome to Tuesdays with Andrea. It's the inspiration station for everyday people guiding humanity forward. I'm your host, Andrea Rios McMillan, and every week I pursue conversations that matter with people who can relate to the common struggles we all face. You'll get to know the person behind the profession and find commonality with people of all ages, cultures, and backgrounds. Listen as friends, neighbors, and coworkers offer meaningful, personal explorations of modern life and the values we hold dear, all for the purpose of strengthening and uplifting others. All right. Well, hey, Jessica. Hi. Thank you for joining me on Tuesdays with Andrea podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yes. Well, I, you were uh, uh, basically referred to me. They're like, you have to interview this girl uh, because she's doing some wonderful things in the community. And so audience at home, this is Jessica Banta, and she is a restaurant manager and now founder of the Relief Coalition in Aurora. And basically, this is a new initiative that you started. So we'll jump right into it. Why don't you tell us about, about the program and how you got that you dove right into it. Sure. So Relief Coalition, we started this back in March. I was laid off March 15th for work. And I had to let all my servers and all my staff and bartenders go. We got a call when Governor Pritzker made the announcement saying as of March 17th, you know, all restaurants are going to be closed. You can't come in. So that was really hard for me because I've been in the industry since I was 16. And so I know what the industry is like. I know what it's like to make tip money and live off your tips. So I started Relief Coalition. I called one of my good friends, Braden Lyon. I called him up and I asked him, you know, I gave him this idea for Relief Coalition. Let's provide relief boxes to people who lost their jobs due to the pandemic. Um, so that includes Uber drivers, gym people, restaurants, uh, hospitality, the industry. So what we did was we partnered up with the Marie Wilkinson Foundation in Aurora and Diane, she is a stage. So been so helpful with us teaching us all of this new stuff that we're doing. Um, so we decided to create relief boxes. So we partnered up with Northern Illinois Food Bank. Every week we get 200 boxes from them and then we add extra stuff in there. So your boxes are like you provide meals for a week. So you do spaghetti. One day we did spaghetti. Last week we gave out turkey. Um, but each box you get, and this is for people who have been laid off. They don't have any money um, because of this pandemic. So we give them relief boxes. And in your relief box, it's a week worth of food for a family of four. You can make it last longer. Um, If you have, you know, you have 10 people living in with you in a household, I want to give you two boxes. But the boxes are, it's produce, non-perishable food. Sometimes we get dairy products. It's whatever we can get. And we give you these boxes for free. All we ask from you is to sign up. Sign up on our website, reliefcoalition.org. Or you can sign up and uh, check us out on Facebook. How do you guys verify? Like, are, do you guys do a verification process? Hey, you are in need and you deserve these boxes. Or is it basically whoever shows up and signs up online is eligible for a box? We really, um, that's the hard part is because we really want people to know, like, we don't, we will never turn somebody away. I mean, I had somebody drive through and he's like, I have $10 in my pocket. And he's like, and I have to get dairy. And he's like, and I got a baby at home. He's like, can you help? And of course, we're going to help you. Yeah. Um, but we really try to focus on the people who have lost their job due to the coronavirus. We're not a food pantry. We're not trying to compete with any food pantries. We want to partner up with the food pantries and help them help their audience. Right. Um, but for us, it's mainly people who've been let go due to the coronavirus. But you show up, you get an RCO number, you give us your RCO number, and then we go ahead and go from there and we'll help you. We give those people you know, their boxes. And all they need, we don't ask for any verification. I know we have some people who 
might have a difficulty with, you know, with things trying to be verified and certified for that, but we don't differentiate between anybody. And how did this idea come about? Because I know you said you met with the director there at the food pantry and your friend Brandon, but how did you get this idea to start? What made you like take action, actually take action? It was hard. I was the manager on duty at the restaurant I work at, and I get a phone call telling everybody they have to be let go and everything. Did you have advance notice? We did not. I mean, we had a, I got a phone call at four o'clock saying, Hey, it's close, you know, do last call for food and drinks and everybody's got to go. We thought we were going to be open Monday. We thought we were going to be open Tuesday for St. Patrick's day. We didn't have any notice and I couldn't sleep. I was really like saddened because we were like a family here where I work. Any, anybody who works in the restaurant industry knows your family. It was hard for me. So I stayed up. I just couldn't sleep. Like I just had so much anxiety and I was just like, Oh my gosh, how can I help these people? And I just had this idea. I said, what if we give out relief boxes? And I called Brandon. I told him. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I love this. Absolutely. He's like, let's try to make this possible. He reached out to people he knew. And here we are today. Yeah. And from that point, when you reach out to the Marie Wilkinson Food Pantry, do you just say, I want to help? And here's an idea. Well, we got really lucky um, because we knew some people who knew Diane. And they scheduled a meeting with her. But, like, remember when the toilet paper shortage went out, like everybody yeah. was freaking out about toilet paper. And yeah. I had servers and staff here who were like, I need toilet paper. And they couldn't get toilet paper anywhere. And that's where like the idea for like household supplies came. Like, what, you know, we give out dish soap, hand soap, toilet paper, if we can get it. And that's kind of just where that came from. Saying like how we met Diane, it was just, we kind of knew somebody who did marketing for the food pantry and they connected us to her and got us in a meeting with Diane. And we told her what we wanted to do. And she was like, heck yes how do I help what can I do and she's been saying so we worked with her we would work with Judd Lofke and Suzanne Stegman who's on the board for the food pantries and they've all been a blessing helping us figuring out work. I mean we're both learning I've never thought in a million years I'd work in a food pantry and I absolutely love it what's the feedback that you've been getting from the the community the best feedback that I get is directly from the people who pick up their box that day I get emails all the time. I get people on Facebook reaching out to me like, Jessica, thank you so much for what you're doing. And, um, you know, of course you have some people who they're not happy with it or they complain, but it, you know, and that's okay. I mean, they, we love the negative criticism. So it's like, how can we be better? What can we do? But we majority of everything we've heard is nothing but positivity and people are loving it. They're so like, thank you. Thank you. And that's where the reward is. Like we yeah. don't make a dollar off relief coalition. And some people like, any money we get donated to us, we go directly into the food boxes. So like next, starting in June, uh, the Northern Illinois Food Bank is having a shortage of food. So they cannot continue giving us boxes. So now we're ordering food and putting everything in there. Um, and that's going to cost us about $2,000 a week. So are you guys ordering food from vendors and suppliers now because they're running out of food at the Northern Illinois Food Bank? Yes, we are starting our ordering starting in June. So we're going to do all this ordering for the food every week. But for what somebody donates a dollar, we can get $7 worth of food because we're ordering through the food pantry and how they get their food. Was that a 700% return? Yes. <laughs> and it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So where are you accepting donations? Right now we are accepting donations on GoFundMe. So we have a GoFundMe page um, because like I said, when we started this, we don't have a 501c3 yet. We're waiting on the Secretary of State to push our 501c3 in. Um, but with everything that's happening, everything's very, very slow. 
but we have a GoFundMe page. You can find that on our website, reliefcoalition.org, or you can find it on our Facebook page. Okay. And how many total people have you guys helped so far? And what's the projected need to continue to help? So far, we've donated. um, We haven't done our numbers from this week yet. Uh, But as of last week, we've donated over 30,000 pounds of food. Our boxes average a week. Um, They differentiate. depends if we get meat or not. But they can go from 34 34 pounds to 55 pounds of food. And that's just for one family in one box. Wow. Um, So far, we've helped almost 2,000 people. Um, Our number, and like I said, that's not including last week. We, Telemundo, they did a special on us. And we got bombarded last week. I mean, last week we did, usually we're doing about two, 250 boxes. And last week we did almost 400. Wow. Who's packing all of this? Like, how are you guys coordinating this effort? Because that's a, it's a huge task. Our volunteers are outstanding. We have volunteers who've been with us since week one. We could not do this without our volunteers. Um, we became like a little family. They all just show up on Tuesdays. So our boxes get dropped off from the Northern Illinois Food Bank. And then whatever produce we have, like last week, Amazon donated a bunch of food to us and it was like different drinks, meat, and they were just clearing out their stuff and they heard about us donated. So we, whatever we get like fresh produce, we will add that to the box. So the box is like pre-made from the Northern Illinois Food Bank. And then we add on top of that, like the produce, um, we have toilet paper if we have it, whatever we have, we'll just add into the box and make sure that it's like, okay, if we get juice boxes, well, here's juice boxes. Like one week we did Easter baskets and that was donated from the city of Aurora because they do their Easter egg hunt. So they donated over like 10,000 Easter eggs. And we did That's Easter wonderful. baskets for all the kids. That's so cool. So what other things can you guys accept from local people wanting to give or businesses? Um, are there any items that you your you have your eye on that you really need or that people have been requesting? Um, people have been requesting a lot more produce and meat. And people, you know, people really want that. Like we give them canned chicken every week, canned ch- tuna, mm-hmm. but we also, some weeks, like last week we had turkey, like fresh ground turkey. Um, and then we had one week we had chicken legs, like frozen chicken, like quarters. They were like, they're very heavy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we had those. And right now we are doing a food drive. So we partnered up with La Quinta, um, O'Malley's Spartan House and Beans, Grains and Proteins. So they're local restaurants in Aurora. If you find find on our Facebook page, we can tell you the dates that they are. If you take a bag of food for a food drive to that place, say, hey, I'm with Relief Coalition. I'm donating this. You'll get a certain percent off your meal that day, your whole order. And this is all on your website too, right? The, the Is that? Yes. Okay, cool. And as well as our Facebook page. So we're very, we keep both of those up and running so people can find out the more information they need. And are the immediate goals to continue to make the relief boxes or are you guys... Um, trying to expand your service to the people in the community? What are, where are you looking to take this? And then I know you mentioned volunteers being a huge help in being able to deliver these relief boxes. Can you tell me more about how people can volunteer and what requirements there are for that? So volunteering, we ask that everyone's 18 and up. Uh, we've had some people who wanted to volunteer and they said, hey, I had a family member who tested positive for the COVID. We ask anybody who has, who's sick, please, you know, we appreciate your efforts. Yeah, um, stay home. Can, <laughs> right. Please stay home. Cause we do get a lot of people who are like, Oh, I had somebody tested positive, but I'm fine. And it's like, I'm sorry. Um, but if you want to help, there's multiple ways you can help. You can help by sharing our posts on Facebook and letting people know about us. And 
you can uh, volunteer at our facilities. We pack boxes. We help the food pantry pack boxes. You can volunteer as well, even just going to supporting the local restaurants that I said and bringing a grocery bag of groceries there, like uh, canned goods. And because we're going to add that to our food boxes as well. And there's so many ways that these people can help. And if you want to help, you can volunteer, go to our website. There's a link for it. Um, But we only accept 10 volunteers a week at most. Oh, Um, okay. Because just the guidelines and everything with the safety, we want everybody to be safe and, you know, six feet apart. Mm -hmm. We don't want anybody getting sick. And is there, do they sign up for that? How do they know if they're one of the 10? We email you. Um, But right now, you know, of course we love volunteers and we encourage anybody to come volunteer. But right now we kind of have a lot of volunteers who come, like people just show up every week. But you could definitely, like I said, if we can share our Facebook pages, please yeah. uh, support by doing our food drive, bringing some groceries to the four restaurants with the days that the days of their weeks, mm-hmm. and do that because we could really use that. Um, like I said, the Northern Illinois quit doing our relationship that we had, where they'd give us the two hundred boxes because they were running out of food. Yeah. And so it sounds like your biggest needs right now are donations to be able to buy the food, which, you you know, if you do donate, you're making a smart investment, first of all, but then you're helping people. I mean, it's certainly maximizing the dollars there because of your ability to buy the food. Um, but then also through the donation of meat, canned goods, um, dairy products, things like that, they can just donate directly to you guys for those as well. Those are like the main needs right now. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then of course, sharing on, you know, social media and spreading the word. So more people um, are learning about these services that you guys are offering. I think it's incredible. So who runs this? Are you running it now? Um, how many people are involved in the, the, the day-to-day um, coordination of all of the operations? There's five of us who's doing it. And these four other people that I work with, they're incredible. They've I've learned so much from them. I would, so Brandon Lyon, he does all of our marketing and he does all of our analytics. I'm not a computer person. I'm not going to lie to you all. Like I am awful with that. Um, but Brandon, he, he has a degree in marketing. So he gives all the data and, you know, sends out big emails for us. Um, and then we have Diane who's helping us at the food pantry. Then we have Judd Lofke who is on, once our 501c3 comes in, we're going to have him be on our board. And we're he's an alderman, to, right? Yeah. As well. And he, he and then his wife Suzanne, she helps in kind of helps lead our way and gives us the advice that we need. She helps as well. Yeah. So how do you feel now? You're kind of master of this whole huge operation and something that's doing such incredible good. How are you doing with all of this? And how are you taking it in? And how are you um, managing kind of all you know all of these new responsibilities? I think it's amazing. I mean, the best part of Relief Coalition is the fact that we're helping people. I mean, yeah. you don't know what's going on in somebody's house. And I, I absolutely love it. I mean, I feel so blessed and I'm so lucky to truly be able to help and give back. And, yeah. You know, this is, you know, this, uh, this took off way more than I thought it was going to. I thought we were just going to be like, all right, 200 boxes. That's easy. Well, you know, it'll be fine. And yeah. then once our numbers started going and we get people who just show up and they're like, I need help. It's like, oh my gosh, I need help. And that's my problem. I have a hard time saying no to people. Like when somebody's like needs help, I'm like, oh my gosh, how can I help you? What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? 
let me call some people. Let me see what I can do to help you. Yeah. So how has this changed your day-to-day life? Are you still working? Well, no, because you got let go at the restaurant position. Are you guys resuming that now that kind of, you know, everything's opening and how does this change for you? I am learning how to balance two full-time jobs. (laughs) Let me just say (laughs) it like that. Um, But, you know, I was very lucky because I I am back at my restaurant job. I've been back for, we came back on May 7th. So I've been back since the 7th. Um, But, you know, it's unique. It's it's very unique. You know, I'm working five days a week at the restaurant and I'm so grateful for my GM because he works very well with me and he's like, okay, I know you got Relief Coalition. I'll let you have Tuesdays off for distribution and then a five meeting there. Go take your meeting, just do it here. Um, yeah. So I'm very lucky with that, but it's, it's quite unique. And I just got a six month, I have a six month old puppy at home too. So it's like, I'm very perfect time. Well, if, yes. if you're home, I know. <laughs> and well, it the sounds like you're not home. <laughs> well, the coronavirus was great. It was very yeah. like, you know, when that happened, it was like, okay, I can potty train her. We can learn tricks. Like we're good. Yeah. And then I had really cool. So I just can't <laughs> stay fit. Like I just can't sit still. <laughs> I'm happy though, that you're back at your restaurant job. Um, and it sounds like, you know, everybody's being very supportive, which is helpful. And that's what you want right now in times like this is just support from the community as you're trying to also make such progress um, yourself. What got you to think I can do more? I guess that's one of my biggest questions when I when I hear about your story and your ability to take action and to know that there's something possible. And I know that we've talked about your friends playing a big role and um, the other people that kind of came into the picture, but where did you get that, that, I guess, belief from like, Hey, there is something within me that I can still do and, and, and give. I, you know, I'm 20, I'm 25. So I'm young. And I don't, I didn't know that, like, I didn't know that I was going to be so affected and moved. And, you know, I have staff here that whole weekend before we close where people weren't coming out with staff who were showing up and they were just like, they would be like begging not to go home because they need like a fourth table just to make 50 bucks to go buy formula for the kids or, and I just, I didn't know that I had it. Like it, it just hit me and it was just like, oh my gosh, I have to do something. I don't yeah. care what it is. How can I do stuff? Um, how can I help? And it just came out and it was very like, oh, wow. And then once we got the momentum and once we started going and it was just like, yes, yes. Um, and even with us, like I have people who had staff who couldn't drive. They didn't have cars or they had kids at home. They couldn't leave their house. So we were, we were driving to people's houses, dropping off the relief box at their houses. And like the motivation for this was the people like knowing all these people that are out and you know, people are wanting to help the essential workers, but yes, you should, like, absolutely, they are saving our lives, but, you know, the people, we don't want people to think that they're left behind or they're forgotten, mm-hmm. and these are my people, the people in the industry, in the hospitality industry, like, I view them as, like, my people, you guys yeah. get it, you know, it's like working holidays, we, we're in we it know. together, yeah, we're all doing the same work, and you were infected by it just as much as they were, um, and that means something, I can, I can imagine, um, in terms of your wanting to make sure that they're taken care of. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it was hard too. Like it was, you know, I had some people who, you know, were crying. Like when it was like, I'm sorry. I was like, they're just falling their eyes out. And they're like, how am I going to pay my family? How am I going to pay the bills? And thankfully, NICOR and ComEd and Xfinity and, you know, all these companies, they, you know, they back paid their payments, but we want to keep Relief Coalition going because these people, I mean, okay, three months from now, ComEd's going to start 
calling and being like, okay, your power is going to get shut off if you don't pay back from coronavirus, like from the pandemic. Yeah. These people are just trying to play catch up as well as trying to feed their families and live their everyday lives mm-hmm. when everything resumes. So it's like, I really hope that we can continue the relief boxes because you know, people are going to need it. They're going to need it. They're still going to need it. Even when they do get their jobs back, you're right. The money that if they are, you know, able to with, withhold payment or at least pause, funds are going to be needed and food is going to be something that people are going to have to cut sometimes if you're making decisions between rent or food or rent or childcare. And like, I want people to know, like, I know uh, because we're not a 501c3 yet, uh, but 100% of the money that we get donated is going into these relief boxes. We mm-hmm. are not making any money. I know some, I've had people ask me, like, oh, so you're making some money? No, we're not making any money. Like, we don't want a dollar. We just want – we're doing this because we love helping the people. And, that, you know, that's where our inspiration is. It's all the thank yous and all the positive uh, feedback that we're getting. And, you know, the people – some lady, multiple people pick up every week. They've been picking up with us since our first week. And they are just like, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, and that's where it's like, we want to keep feeding these people because they're depending on it. Yeah. Um, and if we have to stop, that's going to be very heartbreaking and um, it feel terrible, we, you know, but this yeah. at least we can do to help in the meantime. And hopefully we can continue our services. But like you said, it's $2,000 a week and not everybody has money. Um, so it's very hard and difficult. So what are you most proud of after all of this? What really like sticks with you the people we've helped absolutely yeah. and i yeah. i keep going back to like the people that were helping and i mean we have so many people that that's the best part i mean tuesdays we're in the middle of it and you got people who are yelling at you and they don't you know there's a language barrier and you're trying to figure it out and it's like ma'am i'm not trying to tell you no it's just like i just need your information yeah um, do you and- need translators we have one lady. Her name is Jenny. She's our, one of our volunteers, and she's fantastic. Uh, but we could, because poor yeah. Jenny, bless her heart. She's going guard to guard I'm not a translator. I'm not fluent in Spanish. I only know keywords. Um, but a lot of people I know are. <laughs> Reach out to me if you want to come volunteer on Tuesdays or help with the language barrier. We've definitely reached it. I'd love some Spanish <laughs> lessons myself, personally. It's a, it's a useful to know. It really is. It is. And so when um, you think about where you guys want to grow and, and get to and, and, and continue to help people, what are your, your aspirations for where you want to take this in a year or two years? Are you guys thinking that far yet? Or have you been pretty much, let's get through this week, let's get through tomorrow? So we are definitely thinking of long term. Um, you know, what happened with the Henry Pratt shooting was awful. Um, that was, and that was so close to home. And, and it yeah. was just, I even got goosebumps just like thinking about it. Uh, but it's just so sad. And so for us, we want for right now, the meantime is to how can we, you know, we're going to feed people. But, you know, maybe a year from now, when everything's all settled down, people don't need food because then they can go to the food pantry and they don't need relief coalition. They're not, you know, embarrassed or shamed or, some people have that stigma, like, I'm not going to go to the pantry. I'm too good for the pantry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, we could use the help. It's, you know, let's humble. Um, for us, my, like, the goal for Relief Coalition is I pray to God that there's no other, no, nothing catastrophe happens like with Henry Crabb. But if something happens in Aurora where they need help, Relief Coalition, we could be like, hey, we got funds. How, let's pay for these funeral costs. Hey, um, firefighters, they need bulletproof vests. 
how can, can we donate some money to you guys, help you guys get what you need? Police station, they need support for the canines, dog food, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm just yeah. spitting off ideas yeah. and it's just like- Relief, want- whoever needs relief. Yes, and that's the end goal. Um, we're going to continue doing the relief boxes as long as possible. If unfortunately we have to just continue the relief boxes, um, we are working to get our 501c3 to become a nonprofit that can give relief to the community. Somebody mm-hmm. needs help or, uh, you know, something like, how can we do it? Um, mm-hmm. How can we help the community? Do you need other help from other people in the community in terms of leadership? Are you guys pretty good on that front? Um, are you looking to partner with other townships or cities? So we thought it would be really cool if people like in California saw what we were doing or people in New York or Utah or Georgia and they could feel like, oh my gosh, I could do relief boxes in my community. And we want people to you know, help out your community. Uh, we hope that if we do become big enough that you know, if something happens in Oswego or Plainfield, you know, we can help the neighboring communities, Batavia, North Aurora, uh, we can help. But as of right now, our main focus is Aurora. But that's just because we're still really small. We're not yeah. that big. And basically, you you laid out a really good blueprint, which is if you find yourself in another area and you notice a need to where it's it's really consuming um, your thoughts, um, there's ways to get in contact with people who lead those local programs um, and then really share your vision or idea of how you want to help. And then, um, you know, hopefully it expands and grows larger. I mean, that's exactly what you did and it worked and proved to be the right model for you guys. Um, And I hope that somewhere down the road, somebody else sees this and maybe gets inspired to see that there is an option. Maybe it doesn't work out in their case the same way, but it's really about sharing your story and sharing your heart. uh, And then hopefully that being received in some way by someone else who's also willing. And I think too, like you're never too old. You're never too young. doesn't matter if you're male, female, or if you don't identify as either, you know, we all bleed red and we all, it doesn't matter what you look like, who you are. It's help the next person, help your neighbor. That's really what I hope people get from Relief Coalition. It's like, wow, like we, our slogan is, um, you know, by the people, for the people. And mm-hmm. so we what want- is that? What does that model mean? Can you explain that? So we're just, I'm a restaurant manager. Brandon has a degree in marketing. Judd is an alderman who's a lawyer. Diane works at a food pantry. We're just regular people. (laughs) Yeah, this is what I love. This is what I love. You're regular people who have a vision for good and are actually doing it. And you find a way to work together and to just make it happen. I mean, I'm in my 20s. Brandon's in his 30s. I don't know Diane or Judd's age or Suzanne's. And I will never say that. (laughs) We won't say it if we did. (laughs) But, you know, and it's just, we all come from different backgrounds. We all come from different, you know, lifestyles. Yeah. And we all came together to make a difference. Yeah. And that's what we really want people to know. It's like, it doesn't matter who you are, how old you are. You know, you see people, I saw what's happening at Aurora. This guy was mowing his, like mowing the elderly's lawn for free. Yeah. And it was like, that's awesome. And that's the stuff we want to see. We have so much negativity in the news and some of it needs to come to light. But like, that's really- the stuff we want to see, right? Like yes. 
the Jessica Bantas of the world, the <laughs> Judd Lofkies and his wife's of the world, right? Yes. Um, and the Diane's of the world and the Brandon's. We don't know Brandon yet, but maybe, <laughs> but he's doing a great job with marketing. <laughs> he sure is. And he's really taught me a lot. I mean, Brandon's been amazing this whole time. He's taught me so much, like, I, things that I didn't know. And he's like, oh, this is be smart. And he's like, here, this is how you're going to send out an e-blast to all these emails. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> you know, so it's been really great. So how did you get in touch with the Fox Valley group? So we got in touch. They found us. They found me. They found Relief Coalition and uh, Marty and Jose. They've just been reaching out to me and keep, you know, they scheduled an interview. They wanted to, to do a meeting and how can we help? Oh, you know, what can yeah. we do? And, and it's frustrating to me because it's like, I wish there was more I could do, but I also have to, you know, work my full-time job too. Yeah. Here and I have responsibilities here, but um, they've just, they've just been so great. They've been so yeah. wonderful. They write articles about us. I'm like, who are these people? And then I found out and I was like, wow. Like, yeah. I, I you know what? Same thing. So I started, I, I told you I'm, I'm new on this podcast. <laughs> You're doing great though. I love it. Thank you. Um, but the, the goal is, to, is just to spread light and positivity and love and to put some goodness out in the world and to shine a light on good people. And, um, you know, Mr. Rogers, you remember Mr. Rogers? Yeah. Do you know Mr. Rogers? Did I you- watched the remake of Mr. Rogers. Okay. So I do know. <laughs> so he would um, say this thing, like find the helpers in the world. And I just always remember like find the helpers. Uh, and that was the goal of this is how can we just shine a light on the local people helping and local meaning in our, in our local communities, people who really don't have that screen time or the air time or the visibility yet. Sure. Um, and Martin Flowers from the Fox Valley group, he, he reached out and he's like, hey, here's this this girl and they're doing the Relief Coalition and they're doing some great things. And I'm like, awesome, I'm on it. <laughs> um, and so I'm so glad that we were able to connect and uh, and, and to touch base because of that. And I'm, I'm happy to, to share your story. What are those top lessons learned so far from humanity or people? So I think three things that I really learned from Relief Coalition is I've learned that as much as I want to say yes to everybody, I can't. No matter how bitter some people are in the world and as unhappy as they are with what you gave them or, you know, they, at least you're helping. At least, you know what, when they eat that macaroni and cheese, they'll think of you and they'll remember that, hey, (laughs) And mac and cheese. Really that mac and cheese is, yeah. <laughs> you are so welcome. <laughs> but you know, and you know, I've never really worked with people other than people in the hospitality industry. Um, and I came together with all these other people who have, and you know, learning lessons from them and, you know, learning how to respond to certain situations and certain people that you're, you know, and I get that in the restaurant. I mean, the restaurants, you get everybody and their mamas. <laughs> and it's, you know, yeah. Just, okay. You know, and you've learned. Um, but really close and it's very different because it's like, you want to help these people. And it's like, I can't, I can't help you. I'm sorry. Um, and that's just because we just ran out of all of our food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've also learned from this, I've, I've learned how to do a lot of computer stuff and learned how to pull data. And mm-hmm. I've learned how to, you know, it's like constantly being creative too with really close and like, we're always being creative. We have our talent show that's coming up. We have a talent show. We did a relief aid concert online. Um, so I'm learning how to do events online, which is cool. Like, how do I do a virtual event? 
Okay. So, so you will do more virtual events, I'm assuming, right? How is virtual events going for you? Is it proving to be useful? Is it proving to be beneficial in terms of even promotion for the cause? Um, do you get a lot of attendance? What are some like good, I guess, and, and some good things and then some drawbacks to it? Good things is everybody's quarantined. <laughs> so yeah. everybody, you what know, else people, are they going to do? <laughs> right. Um, the good things is, you know, you get people who you don't have to get everybody together. You can have people submit their videos and then we'll do all the pre-recording and then we push it live. Um, and then we also have some stuff that, um, that's cool is, you know, you get people from all over the place like with our relief aid concert. We people from Chicago who submitted talent. Um, drawbacks, I would say, is people can like tune in and out so they get bored. Like I feel like we could raise a lot more money if we were in person. You know, because you could host an event. Okay, you got the cocktails, you got the atmosphere, the ambiance, you've got mm-hmm. um, all the little details that go into it. And people are like, wow, that was a really cool event. And that's hard, you know, because it's like people, you know, everybody's kind of like learning, you know, people had to be learned. Like even chamber, the chambers, they're doing their events online and it's like Zoom meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a little di- weird too and different, but. A lot of organizations are having to do virtual because that's the only way to reach an audience now. Uh, And then then everybody's at home, even my organization, um, all of our events, uh, and we are a nonprofit. And so we count on events as being a huge engagement mechanism for all of our, our membership and then our, our um, base and, and we've had to do everything virtual, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. The, The good is we're able to reach a larger audience a wider audience for sure. Um, and you do have more people participating. Um, but to your point, I don't think anything can really beat that in-person face-to-face experience of, hi, how are you? And, and um, you know, all of the intricacies that go on to being able to be at an event with other people. Um, there's a lot of value in that. And I think, I think the world really misses that right now. Yes. Yeah. They definitely do. And it's hard to, I mean, even for us, like we got, we're opening up and we've gotten a huge list of everything that we have to do. And I was talking to one of the police officers in Aurora and he was telling me, okay, he's like, you know, our department got split up. It's, you know, four groups. So then they're, you know, 25% officers and then, you know, so on and so forth. But they have to work with the same people every day. They don't get to see, you know, all my friends who used to work with, they don't get to see that. We have to do the same thing because, of what's happening with the coronavirus. So now it's like, okay, we have to group everybody together. It's like, okay, you people are always going to work with these same people and then so on and so forth. And that's what they're doing with the police because if somebody gets sick, okay, at least we can quarantine this, you know, this percent, but we still have all these rest percent ready. I, I can't wait until we get back to at least a better normal than what it is right now, which is a little bit more restrictive, but we understand the reasons why, um, but it certainly is something that I, I, I'm happy to, to get past this phase as soon as we can. Oh, absolutely. Know? And like, I, you know, I definitely feel like some good and there's some bad and, you know, like my grandfather, he is my, my papa. We're very close. You know, I love him my whole heart and he has COPD. He has bronchitis. And for him, it's like, for me, I freak out. I'm like, don't leave the house. Like, yeah. Cause he's, you know, you could have compromised. And that's what I tell everybody. It's like, you know, we even tell people who were working for us. It's like, if you can't come back to work because 
you have older parents at home or you live with your grandparents or you have a baby at home. My friend, she had a baby and it's like, we have to tell people like, you know, Hey, we respect it. You know, be, think of your family and if you're healthy, great. If not, you know, we're with you, but do whatever you can to protect your family. But I don't Mm -hmm. know if we'll ever go back to normal. We'll definitely hear to tell our kids about this. (laughs) Yeah. But it'll be, it'll be a, a better normal, hopefully, or at least a new normal. Yes. Um, I know it'll be something we could tell our, our, our kids and grandkids for sure. My kids, my oldest is 16 and he's been waiting because the DMV has been closed so he can't get his license. And so we just got the notice that he can go and get his license starting in June. And he is just counting down. (laughs) Um, And the other two they're, you know, to them, this is like, what I can play video games for. I can be virtual with my friends. Like this is awesome. And now that it's summertime, they're like, wait a minute. I can't, I want to play. I want to go outside. I want to hang out. Um, so it's definitely something that they're going to, they'll remember. Hopefully they'll, they'll remember also all of the good that that's come out of it um, from people like yourself who are giving and helping um, when they don't have to. I think that's like the very special part. You don't have to, you know. Thank you. Where do you find your strength and kind of what's your source of inspiration aside from the people that you, you're helping and kind of that feel good aspect of it? What, where do you draw strength from and, and that source of inspiration? I would say I'm very lucky. I'm like a sponge. I soak up. You tell me something, I'll soak it up and I... I can, you know, I can learn a lot and I try to learn quickly, as quickly as possible. Um, but I would say my strength is like I'm a sponge and, you know, I, you know, my weakness is I can't say no. That's a problem. What motivates me is what, you know, the inspiration and that's where I keep going. And it's just like if I know if I was roles reverse, I would pray that, you know, I wish there's somebody, you know, somebody who would be out there doing it. Can you, I couldn't imagine being in this situation and I, think of roles are reversed I would be like how can we help uh, like where can I go to get help and that's kind of where I get a lot of this from is like I would say you know it's I think about if it was me I would want the help and if I needed it I would want the help mm-hmm. um, and for me I'm very lucky because like you tell me something and I'm gonna soak it up I you know from Judd, Suzanne, Brandon and Diane like I'm learning so much from them and from my past jobs that I've worked, it's like I've learned how to handle all sorts of people and get thrown just anything at you. And you're like, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> One of the themes on this show that I like to ask people is about the pivotal people in their life, like people who've helped them along the way. So it doesn't have to be recent. Um, but when you think about some of those like transformative people who've changed the way that you are or or helped you into being who you are. Um, would you mind sharing a few of those people with us? Sure. So I would say, are we doing personal or career? Because I definitely have different Either. people. For- I would say, I, I personally, I think personal matters more than career because I think personal is the foundation for career. I feel like our career is truly just an extension of who we are, person sure. of our personality. Sure. But But there are people in my career that I'm like, oh, you know, you really helped me there. You've taught me. <laughs> so I, would, I would say whoever you want to talk about. <laughs> so I would say some of the most pivotal people in my life and 
I would definitely say my grandfather, my papa, we're very, very close. Um, he's raised me with the morals and values that I have, and he's definitely taught me how to be a better person and, you know, love thy neighbor. And he's taught me, you know, like, well, justice is life, so, you know, that's what it is, and, you know, how to kind of get through the mud. And we talk almost every day. We're, he's, we're very, very close. Is he and, in Plainfield? No, he's in Indiana. Indiana. <laughs> what does he say about the work that you're doing now? He loves it. He's, you know, my father, he's very close with his church and he goes to church all the time and he, um, he's very proud. And that's the goal in my life. I want to be proper proud. It's a little oh. early, so I say, so I'm doing it. And then my dad, um, my dad was one of the hardest working men I've ever met in my life. He would, he still is. I mean, my dad works, um, he growing up, he would, when my sister was born, he went and got a second job and my mom, so my mom could stay at home with the kid, like with us. And he was always telling me, even with this whole pandemic, yeah. my dad was like, don't be on unemployment. I need you to go get a job because unemployment's going to run out. I mean, he's just one of those people that's very like straight to the point. He tells you facts yeah. and tells you like, just, you got to work. I mean, when I was you know 16, he was like, all right, you're old enough to go get a job, go get a job. We can't pay for you to get to college. So you're going to have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for that. He had a tough attitude, but he was always like, you know, I call him for dad, how do I do these? You know, all right, I want to look into do rent something or buy a car. All right, you know, that's how you do it. Yeah. It sounds so, like he instilled a really great work ethic in you. Oh, he did. Right. And, so during this time, you're working. <laughs> you're working. Yeah. You, your dad is probably very proud of you. I, I might venture to say. And he's not a very man of words. Let me tell you, my father does not say much, but when he says something, you're like, okay. Yeah. Wait, he, yeah. he tells me all what the time. I'm so proud. <laughs> Does he get to see it? Do you send him articles or, you know, any clippings of? So he's so funny. He like, he will find an article or he'll find like, he reposts all of our stuff for Relief Coalition and my dad, like, and I'll be like, dad, I haven't even been on Facebook yet. Yeah. Is he your top Facebook fan? (laughs) I would say he's definitely one of them. My father is definitely very like him and my mom. They both are. They're so funny. If one of them gets the article, the other one will repost it. And they're like, you know, they're so I'm very lucky. I grew up from a very loving family who were very supportive to one another. Yeah. And build each other up. So I That's got very, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your career goals? I know this completely changed everything for you. And now it's shot off in another way. But did you always, I mean, what did you want to do before? So I've always wanted to be um, an event coordinator, event planner. Like I want to plan people's weddings. Let me plan your happiest day of your life. <laughs> you know, and now. Yeah. Um, where and you're I doing that in like a very different way. Yes. Isn't that crazy? And you know, it's cool though, because like I planned uh, events where I planned weddings and I've um, done different like rehearsals. I've done different events. That I've planned. And it's really cool though, because it's like, I get the same high that I get after an event that I've done as giving somebody a relief box. And that mm. is amazing because I was like the only hot you know you go people get the runner's hot you know I get to work high like oh that was a successful event oh that was so smooth everybody's so you know and that's how I get from a coalition it's like the high it's the feel good and it's like wow we just fed all these people today yeah this people don't have to go worry about going hungry yeah mm-hmm. um, but yeah so it's I've definitely taken the skills that I've learned from other places and brought them in here yeah. And then how do you relax and how do you decompress now? How do you find ways to keep your sanity amidst all of the, you know, the high pressure, high responsibilities that you're facing on the day to day? What do you do to keep yourself going and keep yourself energized? Sleep. 
yeah. when I can <laughs> sleep. Yeah. But I do a lot of meditation. Um, I'm very, like, I believe in mental health. I think that's so important. And if you're not right up here, you're not going to be able to help other people or, you know, be best at what you're doing. So I meditate and I have dogs. So I have dogs, I'm always home with them. Like when I have time, like, all right, I take yeah, out for a run. And it's like, how, you know, and I spend a lot of time with my family. Um, yeah. I spend time with my family and my friends. My friends are like family to me. It's a very tight knit group. And it's like, I just so, like surround myself with positive people and surround myself with people who are just, you know, they're happy. We can laugh. People who make you feel good about yourself. All right. Well, Jessica, this was great. I appreciated talking to you. Um, is there anything else that you wish to, to share or want to get out there before we end? You sure. Uh, thank you so much again for having me though. This was a blast. This is my first podcast that ever so was near. Oh, this is your first. Yay! Yes. I do want people to know though, like with Relief Coalition, um, please donate all of our money. Like I said, we're not having funds. Uh, the Relief Boxes next month, starting June. So please donate. Please help with the community. Uh, please take part in our food drive. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Check out our website, um, reliefcoalition.org. And if anybody needs help, feel free to reach out to me. My email is jessica at reliefcoalition.org. Email me. See what we can do. Um, so please, guys, donate. We really appreciate it. Even if it's just canned goods, you can drop canned goods off at Marie Wilkinson Food Pantry and say, hey, these are for Relief Coalition. And Diane will know exactly where they're going. <laughs> yeah. You're doing fantastic job, Jessica. And I'm um, thrilled to share your story here. And I can't wait to follow up with you and see how it's going. And I hope that I hope you guys that you guys support her and support this mission and visit the Facebook page, visit the website. Um, shout out to Marty. Thank you yeah. for connecting us. We appreciate you. Um, I will also put the link for them on the, the website as well when this when this podcast airs. So thank you. Have a great week. And I, I wish you much success, much blessings your guys's way. Thank you so much. And once again, thank you so much for having us and having me. And I really appreciate it. <laughs> Likewise. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tuesdays with Andrea. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and I appreciate you making the time to listen to mine. If you like this show and want to know more, check out TuesdaysWithAndrea.com or please leave a review on iTunes or drop a line in the YouTube comment section. Until next time, please stay kind in your mind, nice on the web, and stay hella hopeful in your heart.